Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We are off to a phenomenal start for this month of November. We had the advanced Birmingham in Birmingham, Alabama. Great crowds showed up. Wonderful miracles took place. Tremendous revelation. So excited to see so many of our partners that came out. We're in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, then in Jacksonville, Florida. And we are actually on our way to Bogota, Colombia here in just a few days for the Supernatural Life Conference. One of my favorite places in the world to go to. Uh, and I hope I don't botch this, but Palabra y Adoración, uh, one of my favorite churches there in Bogota, Colombia. I love, love, love going to this church. Uh, I believe this would be my fourth time in going. We just had phenomenal, phenomenal services every time we've gone. Just tremendous encounters with God and wonderful miracles. And so, so very excited to be down there uh, with my Colombia family. Uh, not that I'm Colombian, but, you know, uh, my spiritual Colombian family. Uh, So very excited about all that God is doing. We have a brand new book that's coming out called Advance. And just really going and talking about what Jesus stated in John chapter 5 and verse 19. And the fact that the Father is going to show me even greater things than these just so you can marvel. Jesus was expecting more. Jesus was expecting to advance. And so therefore we should be also, we should be advancing forward with our results advancing forward in revelation, not advancing in our excuses. And so that's going to be coming out next month. Very excited about that. And then last, uh, we've got a big announcement for you that Module 3 of the Healing Academy is now available. You can very simply go to www.thehealingacademy.com and purchase Module 3. And Module 3 is about identification, one of my favorite subjects, if not my favorite subject, to talk about in the Bible. We're going through, and I mean, we're going deep into revelation of who we are in Christ, what it truly means to be born again, and how that relates to the area of healing. There's some good stuff there. And so just like the other two modules, it is nine video sessions with a quiz and a ebook uh, download. It's there available. But if you are a monthly partner with us, you get access to the Healing Academy for free. If you'd like to be a partner with us, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and you can access that as well. And uh, once you become a partner, then we give you access to the Healing Academy as well. So it's just our way of saying thank you so very much for all that you do, for your prayers, encouragement, and your support. Hey, let's get into our message for this month. This is something that I've been meditating on for, for quite a while now. And every time I go away from it, I get pulled back to it. And I've just been spending more time just kind of chewing on it the last few weeks. And it's Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. This is what I call the original Great Commission. You know, we have the Great Commission that Jesus gives in the Gospels. But when you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, we find where God made man in his image according to his likeness. And then in verse 28, this is what I call the original Great Commission. And God says this, he says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. This was God's command to man, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. 
The Amplified Translation says, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subjugate it by putting it under your power and rule over it by dominating it. The CEB Translation says, Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth, and master it. The CEV says, Bring it under your control. The TL says, Conquer it. The WYC says, Make it your subject. So this is interesting. This word subdue in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word kabosh. And it literally means this, to subject, to subdue, to force, keep under, make subservient, bring into bondage, dominate, and tread down. The New American Standard says, tread under your feet. So God gives man this command to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and rule over the earth. Fill the earth, master the earth, bring it under your control, make it your subject, conquer it. Now I want to, I want to propose this to you, that the very same grace to be fruitful and multiply is the very same grace to fill and subdue. Now listen to what I just said. The same grace, the same empowerment to be fruitful and multiply is the same grace, the same empowerment to fill and subdue. Now isn't it interesting how we have wholeheartedly taken on the command to be fruitful and multiply? And we have made be fruitful multiply to be an easy thing and made fill the earth and subdue it to be a hard thing. We've made be fruitful multiply to be a human thing and be fill the earth and subdue it to be a God thing. Isn't it interesting how we have separated the two? We've made one to be normal and one to be abnormal, one to be easy and one to be hard. We've made one to be something you could do on your own and one to be something you can only do if you're special. No, this was God's command to mankind. This was not God's command to an apostle or prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. This was not God's command to someone with a special title. This was God's command to mankind. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, you could say God gave two commands. The fruitful multiply piece, and then the fill the earth and subdue it piece. The be fruitful multiply, we've wholeheartedly taken that on, and we've seen that as normal and natural. That's just a part of life in that, well, you have babies. You, you multiply. And we have taken that on, and we've looked at that as normal. But then there's the other part of the command. Fill the earth and subdue it. You understand that when God made man, when he made Adam and Eve, the rest of the world did not look like the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was an example of heaven on earth. And God had put Adam and Eve into the family business, and he had made them in his image according to his likeness. And then he gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over all the, the cattle of the earth, the animals of the earth, over all the earth, he gave them dominion. And then he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Bring it under your power, rule over it, dominate it, master it. It was Adam and Eve's job to go outside of the garden, make the rest of the earth look like the garden. In other words, go into the rest of the earth and manifest heaven. Let the, let the will of heaven become 
manifest on the earth. Now, we've heard statements like that about manifesting heaven on earth, heaven coming to earth. You hear statements like that, but that's not a New Testament thing. It was an Old Testament thing. It was a Genesis thing. It was a creation thing. It was a God thing to man. Not, again, not to someone with a special title. It was God's command to man. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. This is what we are supposed to do. So I would ask you the question, which one is easier? Be fruitful, multiply, or fill the earth and subdue it. Which is easier, to have babies or to rule the earth, to fill it with heaven? Well, the vast majority of us would say, well, obviously, having babies is easier. Well, not according to the word of God. God's command in the very same breath and the very same sentence of be fruitful, multiply, the very same breath, the very same sentence of have babies, multiply yourself, the very same breath and the very same sentence of saying be fruitful, multiply, he also said fill the earth, make it look like heaven, rule over it, make it your slave. Isn't it interesting how we take a statement with two commands in the very same breath, in the very same sentence, and we make one easy and one hard. Why do we do that? Why have we done that? Well, I think it comes down to this. Satan has no problem with you doing things that will not affect his kingdom. You going out and producing more people Mm, that doesn't affect his kingdom. That doesn't affect his rulership. That doesn't affect his plans. But when you go out and you start ruling the earth, you start bringing it under your control. You start making it your slave. You start showing yourself to be the master. Then all of a sudden, all those people that have been following him might turn around and start following you and ultimately through that follow Jesus. You see, it's the very same thing in which Jesus was talking to the paralyzed man that was brought to him and was dropped through the roof. And Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees got all upset, says, who's this man think that he is? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus said, which one is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? But so that you would know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive, I say to you, Man, arise, take up your bed, and walk. What was Jesus doing there? What was he doing there in, in the book of Luke with the story of the man, this paralyzed man that was dropped through the roof? Jesus was revealing that the forgiveness of sins and the healing of disease carried the same weight, that healing was just as easy as forgiveness, that one was not harder than the other. But what have we done in the church? We've made forgiveness to be easy and healing to be hard. Why is that? We've made forgiveness to be normal, natural, so to speak, and we've made healing to be a hard thing, to be an abnormal thing. Why have we done that? Why are we doing that? Well, because when you look at it, in one sense, a person being forgiven doesn't really affect their life, so to speak, is not going to like win lots of people to Jesus when someone goes, oh, you're forgiven, praise God. 
But when someone gets healed, miraculously healed, it is a sign, a wonder, a miracle for people, and it will turn people's eyes unto God. Now, it will not always lead to someone accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but it will get their attention. And it has a, a greater potential of going against the works of Satan and manifesting God to the world and getting their eyes on him much more so than someone being forgiven. Why? Because being forgiven is something you can't see. Healing is something you can see on the outside. It, it is a sign and a wonder. But see, what is it that Satan goes after? What is it that he is made to be hard? The things that affects his works, his plans, his schemes, his devices, his kingdom. We've made one to be hard and one to be easy. We've made be fruitful, multiply to be easy. And we've made subdue the earth, fill it with heaven. We've made that to be hard. Now, this is what's interesting to me. When you look at the Old Testament, and you look at the people under the Old Covenant, you look at the prophets of old, look at people like Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and you look at the things that they did, the miracles that they did, it's absolutely amazing in that the majority of the miracles, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this, but the majority of miracles that were done in their lives were miracles of dominating and subduing the earth. Take, for example, Moses. Look at some of the things that he did. He turned water into blood. He parted the Red Sea. He caused water to come from a rock twice. Take Joshua. Joshua parted the Jordan River. He commanded the sun to stand still. You have Elijah who called fire out of heaven. He parted the Jordan River. You have Elisha. He healed the waters. Then at one point, he curses these kids and bears come out and maul and attack the kids. Elisha parts the Jordan River. Elisha multiplies food for a hundred men. Elisha calls an iron axe head to float. I mean, think about this. There's more and more of these, but I mean, it's absolutely amazing if you, if you look at it. If you look at it from this perspective, the vast majority of miracles that the Old Testament prophets did weren't necessarily in the area of healing. They were in the area of dominating, subduing the earth, making the earth its slave. Interesting when you think about it. Now, this is interesting too. If you look at Luke chapter 9, if you look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 54, you find where Jesus is starting to encounter some persecution and James and John, they look at Jesus and say, hey, do you want us to call fire out of heaven and consume the people? And Jesus looks at them and gets on to them and says, you don't realize what manner of spirit you are. Now, what I find so intriguing is the fact that Jesus, he does not question their ability. He does not look at them and say, what in the world? Who do you think you are? You think you could really call fire out of heaven? No, Jesus doesn't question their ability. Jesus questioned their motivation. They said, do you want us to call fire out of heaven like Elijah? See, they had Elijah as an example. And do you realize that many of the miracles that Jesus did, see, so many people attribute the miracles of Jesus to him being God. Jesus didn't do that at all. Jesus actually says in John 14, he says, the father on the inside of me that does the works. 
But you also have to remember that Jesus grew up as a Jewish boy. He was a Jew. And growing up as a Jewish boy, he read the law and the prophets. He had read the stories of Elijah and Elisha, Moses, Joshua. And many of the things that Jesus did, you find that Elijah and Elisha did too. Jesus just did them in a greater measure. But many of the miracles Jesus did weren't new. They were just on a larger scale. And remember that Jesus is operating under the old covenant too. But it's interesting, isn't it? He doesn't question James and John's ability. He doesn't tell them you're not qualified. You don't have the right title. No, he doesn't question their ability. How can he question their ability when God gave this commission, this command, this grace to mankind in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28? Jesus couldn't question the commission. No, Jesus questioned their motivation. He questioned their motivation. And yet you can even look at the life and ministry of Jesus. Look at the things that Jesus did. Yes, we always focus on the miracles of healing, but look at the other miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus did. Jesus, in the very beginning, he was tempted by Satan to turn stones into bread. Well, that would certainly be dominating the earth, and yet it wouldn't be a real temptation if Jesus wouldn't have had the ability to do so. Where did that ability come from? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, that's where it came from. Look at what else Jesus did. The very first recorded miracle of Jesus was not a healing. It was not a blind person being healed. It was not a dead person being raised. It was turning water into wine. We also see where Jesus calmed a storm. Jesus cursed a fig tree. We see where Jesus walks on water. Have you ever thought about that? Why did Jesus walk on the water? No one got saved, healed, filled, delivered from it. No one got set free from it. And Jesus wasn't even walking on the water during the daytime in front of a large crowd. Jesus was walking on the water in private at night by himself where no one could see him. Now, this isn't something you can necessarily preach because you can't necessarily prove it, but you can't necessarily disprove it either. But I personally believe that the reason Jesus was walking on the water by himself at night where no one could see him was simply for him to prove his dominion over the earth. I mean, how much, how much bigger does it get to not only calm the water, for the water to obey you, but for you to walk on it, for you to dominate it, for you to tread on it? I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that, at least in my, my perspective. And yet Jesus was doing this all on his own. He wasn't doing this to set people free. He was doing this to prove to himself and proved all of heaven and all of, all of hell, he understood who he was. He understood the dominion that he had. See, we don't see where Jesus parts any water like Moses did, and Elijah, and Elisha. Jesus doesn't part it. He walked on it. So what's the purpose of this? I mean, what's the purpose of this whole subdue the earth? Well, I personally believe it's two things. Number one, it's for provision. We see where Elijah healed waters. We see where Jesus, uh, he got money from a, a fish's mouth. We see where Jesus multiplied food. Elisha multiplied food. I believe, first of all, it's provision. We see in the Old Testament where there were certain miracles that took place with Elijah and Elisha. 
these miracles, these signs and wonders that are for the purposes of provision, for the purposes of food, the purposes of money. And see, friend, I personally believe we are heading into a time, a time in this earth and a very day and age and where things are going to get rough. We've seen many times over the last few decades, the last century, where the economy has just tanked, especially here in America. We see where things have gone bad. And of course, in certain countries all around the world, things are already really bad from a provisional standpoint. You see certain countries where people have just been starving and been hungry. Well, does that have to be the case? I mean, if you get scriptural with it, we see where God provided things in the midst of famine. Is it possible that because of the authority, the commission that we were given in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, that in the midst of a famine, we could produce food? Things could be turned into food. Is it possible that in the midst of a famine, in the midst of an economy tanking, that through our commission, through our authority, that provision could take place from a financial standpoint or a a food standpoint? What's the possibility? You see it take place in the old covenant, and then we see it take place with Jesus and the disciples. So what's the difference today? Remember, The original commission was not given to someone because of a title. It was given to mankind. So I believe it's two purposes for this this piece of fill the earth and subdue it. Number one, from provision. And number two, demonstration. You see, we have to start seeing signs. We have relegated in the church, we have relegated the supernatural, at least for those who want to believe in it. We have relegated the supernatural to healing. Now, thank God for the area of healing, the subject of healing. It is a major, major part of redemption. And it is certainly a focus, a major focus of of my ministry and what God has called me to do. But in reality, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, healing is just a small thing. It's a little thing. And yet what we have done, we have made healing a big, big deal. Well, how how can we go after the signs and the wonders? when healing is still a big deal. See, Jesus wasn't doing healing in private. He was doing this out in the open. Why? Because this this is something for people. But isn't it interesting, this whole subduing the earth, these are things that were kind of happening just for him, for the most part. Yet every once in a while, something happened. He would do something that people could see. But you see Elijah do this. I mean, he called fire out of heaven. I personally believe, and again, this is just my personal belief. I don't usually share my personal beliefs. My personal belief is that not only are things going to get really, really bad in these last of the last days, and I don't say that to scare anyone. It's just another opportunity to prove the word of God true. It's another opportunity for us just to walk through life like a superman. But I personally believe things are going to get really, really bad. Why? Because evil is increasing. And things are, are about to culminate to the end. Jesus is about to come back. I personally believe things are going to get really, really bad. But I personally also believe we're about to, we're about to begin to step into some situations, some circumstances. There are going to be a modern-day Elijah on Mount Carmel moment where there's going to have to be a choice made. 
and we're going to do some proving, not just some preaching, some proving. See, there's been a lot of preaching for a long time, and we need some proving. And Elijah was in a, in a moment there on that mountain where preaching wasn't going to get it done. There needed to be some proving. And I truly believe that in these last days, there's going to be provision taking place by us filling the earth and subdue it. And there's going to be some demonstration taking place by us filling the earth and subdue it. All throughout the Bible, we see God using signs and wonders and miracles to provide, but also to show provision from another kingdom financially and physically. Friends, I'm telling you, we are, we are in a day and age, the most exciting time for the church that you and I get to live in. Because I truly believe with all of my heart that in these last days, we are going to see, because we are going to prove it ourselves and we're going to do it ourselves, the world and the church is going to see the greatest signs and wonders and miracles that have ever been seen on the face of the planet. Why? Because you and I, as a new creation in Christ, with all authority, all power in heaven and on earth, filled with the Holy Ghost, anointed by God, given the commission of God, the commission of heaven, with all grace and the fullness of the Christ, on the inside of us, be in his hands and his feet and understanding who we are in him. And as a result, understanding the possessions that we have in him, our purpose in him, that as we have received him, you and I are going to walk in him like no man or woman in Christ has ever walked in him before on the face of the earth. We get to live in the greatest time, the greatest day. Friend, look all around you. You see the evil increasing. You see all the bad reports. You see where good has turned to bad and bad has turned to good. Hey, don't lose heart. Don't faint. Don't worry. Don't get concerned. It's not a time to be fearful or anxious. It's a time to get excited. Why? It's time for you and I to advance. It's time for you and I to go forward in the things of God. It's time for us to get out of the boat like the other 11 disciples and get out and start to walk on the water. And show the world that's been waiting, groaning, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And say, hey, hey, baby, here we are. The sons and daughters of God, we're here. And we are here for you to see Jesus. That if you've seen us, you've seen the Christ. Guys, this was the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. He said, Father, I pray they would be one, just as you and I are one. That the world would know that you sent me. And the glory you gave me, I've given it to them that they would be one. You and me, I and you, that they would be made perfect in one, that the world would know that you sent me. Friend, how's the world to know that God sent Jesus? By them experiencing us. And one of those experiences is going to be through the signs and wonders and miracles of us filling the earth with heaven and subduing the earth, making it our slave, bringing it under our feet, treading on it, subjugating it, making it our subject, making it our slave, and us showing and revealing ourselves to be masters from heaven. Praise God. Man, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. But I would encourage you, start enlarging your soul. Start enlarging your imagination in this area. We have to expand our soul so we can expand our dominion. There's so much more for us to accomplish and for us to do 
as children of God, but we have to expand our soul and begin to ask the question, what's possible so that you and I can advance in the things of God? Friends, God bless you. Thank you so very much for tuning in to this month's episode of the Supernatural Life podcast. I'm so very excited about all that God is doing and so thankful that you are with us on the journey. Again, if you're a partner with us, thank you so very much for all that you do. If you'd like to be a partner, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and become a monthly partner with us. And we would just very so much appreciate uh, you becoming a partner with us. That enables us to do all of our book translations, the media, the conferences that we do all around the world. We're so excited about what God is doing and so excited to be a part of what God is doing in these very last days. Have a great day, a great week, a great month. Remembering Christ, we always win. And we'll see you next month for another episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast.